Hey, I'm Allison, host of Fine Cut, a podcast where a guest brings a scene they have strong feelings about love, hate, curiosity from any form of media. And then we discuss the heck out of it for 20 minutes. It's a blast. Join us. Hi, I'm Allison. Thanks for joining me with Fine Cut with my guest, Ria, who you all must know. And if you don't, you need to listen to more of her stuff right now. In this, in Fine Cut, we talk about a scene. So what scene did you choose, Ria, and why? Yes. Hello, hello, hello. Um, as soon as you said this is what you wanted to do, I the, it was the first thing that popped into my head. And I think that's the fastest response you've probably ever had in our messaging as well. It, it was which... really quick. <laughs> Um, so it's a scene, as soon as I say the film, everyone will know what it is. So it's a scene from Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice, which was released in 2005, and it is the hand flex scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I I saw this film in the cinema, um, me and a friend, and the moment this scene happened, like we both like had some sort of Regency fainting episode. <laughs> but I, was just, I remember we both just looked at each other like... Oh my god! Like, what? What just happened? It is the sexiest non-sexual thing that has ever been on screen. Just, just ever. It's, and I love the article you sent me an article recently about it. Um, how it's been taking off on TikTok, which I just mm-hmm. absolutely love because I think, first of all, I think this whole film's excellent. So people rediscovering it, I think, is is a delight. I'm not one of these gatekeeper people like, oh my God, I saw it in the cinema. You weren't original. I'm like, oh my God, no, watch it. And we can all get flustered over the same scene, please. Um, Which did unfortunately lead me down a TikTok rabbit hole. And I try to avoid TikTok of just people's reactions to this scene. Um, And there's just, there's just something about it. You know, the whole setup is it's finally, they're starting to thaw, right? They're, They're starting to appreciate each other's intelligence, appreciate each other's, physiques let's say um <laughs> he certainly doesn't think that she's uh barely tolerable anymore and um you know they're spending that time together their walls are coming down both of them and it's just that moment where they've had in this in the film they've had that sort of intellectual challenge to each other when she's walking around the room and all of those sort of things and then in a time when it's you know you're not allowed to touch each other that's not really the done thing and it's the simplest smallest gesture of him helping her into the carriage as she's going home and her utter shock at what's just happened that you know it's bare hands he's helped her up which is incredibly gentlemanly but also you know they're still feeling each other out and there's obviously something there some electricity and the fact that this that spark is they've not touched until now you know they've not they've not even like dance even though dancing you didn't really touch but you know you can create some chemistry doing that right so nothing nothing's happened and her utter shock and then just the way joe wright just he uses the female gaze right this is pure female gaze he just holds that shot and his editor holds that shot and they just keep on with it for such a long time and you see that hand and and i was reading somewhere and i don't i'm hoping this is correct that matthew mcfadden sort of in rehearsals improvised it and they went that this is it this has got to be in the film and so you know then Joe Wright chose to keep it in yes it kept chose to keep it in and and I just 
Uh, honestly, it just, I can't think of words, Alison. I'm so flustered by it. Just thinking about it. I watched it earlier. I was like, oh, God. I had COVID and I was really unwell, like really, really unwell. And this is oh, one no. of my comfort films. And and even then when I was like literally lying in bed, like hadn't been able to do anything for like three days, my heart went all a flutter still. It was like, <laughs> this is like, you probably saw my heart rate go up. <laughs> That's how you know you're okay. If the hand flex is still affecting you, if the hand flex is not affecting you, you have a larger issue. What's interesting is I love this movie. It is one of my, it's my, I I just, it's, they're so good in it. He's mm-hmm. a great Darcy and um, I, I really love him as Darcy. Um, and I didn't remember this moment. <gasps> I did not know it was such a big deal until you messaged me and then I googled it and was like oh my god this is like a whole phenomenon like yes on TikTok but also on YouTube like we'll put it in the show notes you could see the scene because I was like oh it must be a big deal so I just google hand flex it's like it is (laughs) and so many people saying what you're saying about it being the most sexy non-sexual thing which is obviously what people are tapping into this like feeling of knowing someone and being attracted to someone but then like the, a spark which many of us sort of mytho- mythologize you know mm-hmm. that that's going to happen mm-hmm. and and I think it does for some people it it did for me more than once um <laughs> <laughs> but um there is something like in it's and it's it's like um it's mysterious you can't really explain it and I think mm-hmm. the scene taps into that because neither one of them really wants to go there it's complicated like later when Darcy proposes to her so terribly oh my and God, such a dick. <laughs> oh it's so good it works so well in this adaptation like yeah. you really he's just so awful and the way she's like, no, thanks. Like, you don't need to propose. What is happening right now? All yeah. you're doing is <laughs> insulting me and expecting me to be thrilled. And of course, he falls in love with her more because she doesn't just say yes because he's rich. Because most yeah. women would in that day and age, in any day and age. Um, so I, I, it's such, it, it's like, it's a great catalyst for their relationship because it's, they don't want to feel this way about each other. And this does such a good job of showing that, you can't control these things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the later scene, which lots of people talk about when they dance together mm-hmm. and then they make all the other people there disappear. And so they're just involved just in each other. It's just them two dancing with it. That wouldn't be so impactful without this moment. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important. Yeah, their love story is... Do we have a visitor? What do you think of the hand flex? <laughs> <laughs> Have you introduced MJ sure. to the hand flex? Because, you know, if she, she has might be a little bit it, young. Yeah. <laughs> she probably wouldn't understand the whole, like, the gravity of it. Like, oh, no. That, that guy's flexing his hand, mommy. I think she'd be mostly bored that they all just seem to be talking a lot. It's a lot of Although talking. She, she'd probably like Lizzie Bennett's hair in it. So she's got long, curly hair. So it's also beautiful to look that. at. But you're English. So that's not as interesting to you as it is for us <laughs> in America. <laughs> Like that doesn't hold the same weight for us. It's like, <laughs> look at those beautiful countrysides. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, it's the countryside again. <laughs> We've seen this. it all. Oh, you've gone to Derbyshire. It looks like all the other countryside. Lovely. <laughs> that's not yeah. true, by the way, to everyone. All the Brits listening, I know that's not true. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Because we're like, sure. 
Um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we've got, but we've really, I would actually say that our countryside is very diverse and very distinct. You know, you go up to Scotland, you get lots of different things. You go to Yorkshire, and Yorkshire moors are, are famous and all of that sort of stuff. You get. Um... <laughs> I like the background music, personally. Yeah. I think it adds Excellent. something. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and we have talked about sex scenes in the past. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting also that you picked this one because it isn't a sex scene per se, but it is much like first kisses work in films today that this is sort of their first like because you know oftentimes in real life I'll speak from my own experience I have been attracted to people I thought they were really the whole package or hot or whatever I was interested in the moment and then I might kiss them and be like oh I was wrong yeah oh yeah this is not good yeah and it was surprising sometimes the people who that would happen with you know and so this is that moment and we get to watch it happen and I love watching that moment happen on screen in general just how people feel out each other literally you know but like because I feel like we don't really talk about that that much in our society everyone's kind of like oh he he or she is hot and nice and whatever so it'll work you know it's like that's not actually true it's not yeah exactly that's not how it works at all is it it's You know, I always have this thing that because I was so before I met my husband, I was very relationship adverse. Mm-hmm. So even if I had a spark with somebody, I would find an excuse not to be with them because my life was incredibly complicated. Um, and I wasn't willing to share that with somebody I didn't trust. Yeah. Um, and so even when I met my husband, who I was very physically attracted to, but I was more we we had that in, instant spark, mm-hmm. just like absolutely from the moment we start talking that instant spark and I tried to find things I didn't like about him and I couldn't mm-hmm. and I and like and I think those sort of things are very rare if that's done in a film it's because one of them's got like a, a terrible problem or a secret or you know all of that sort of stuff and we never see people who just well we do and that's why I like it but I think it's rare is we never see people who just have chemistry you know, I feel like the chemistry is so often forced. We talked about, um, oh gosh, what was the film we talked about in Hearts and Vaginas? It's just gone from my head. Your one of your choices. Um, call me maybe. I recall. Call me maybe. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, that's me. not what it's no. called. The one with no. Ali Wong and Randall Park. Yes. <laughs> what is it called? I've completely forgotten what it's called. I have. As but well. they, they so have funny. their chemistry is yeah. insane in that film all the way through, and I think that's really unique. I think. If you watch A Most Violent Year with Oscar Isaac and um, Jessica Chastain, you can tell those they have chemistry in real life. It's so funny because both those pairs are great friends. Yeah, exactly. Right. Both those pairs have known each other for for decades. a really long time because I think they all like went to the same places yes. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's so rare. And yeah. I always find it funny when I talk about Most Violent Year, what that film's about. Listen to the title. That mm-hmm. the thing I take away is is how real the chemistry of the two actors are in it not about all like the terrible things that happen in the film mm-hmm. I and and have you oh, it's, it's I haven't a fantastic seen it film. but I I think it's interesting to talk about chemistry in these terms because I think actually long-lasting chemistry does ha- it has to have friendship involved in it yeah like and really. so it makes sense that these actors who love each other as you know friends yeah I love my friends love doesn't have to be romantic right but that love it's important you need to have that for there to be a spark like there needs to be this I think this like greater seeing each other 
Mm-hmm. And that, I think that is also what's happening in the hand flex scene. Like they're seeing each other for the first time. And, and that is what that spark is like being seen, which is incredibly vulnerable. Like you talking about being relationship averse, I was as well. And I, and I think it is because of the fear of being seen and being rejected mm-hmm. for me. And so it was like, well, I just don't even really want to get into you seeing me who, who for who I am. Let's just, eh, you're not yeah. going to like it anyway. So let's just cut this off before we get there. Um, oh, yeah, that's very, very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's easier if I do the rejecting mm-hmm. than be rejected, um, which I think is true of Lizzie and Darcy. Yeah, I, I think oh, they God, both absolutely. have that personality. Yeah. Um. So it's, I think that also has an extra like layer when you see two people who are so like intimacy averse, have it in spite of their best or worst intentions, depending on how you perceive it. Yeah, actually, and you know, Darcy talks about later with his terrible proposal mm-hmm. that all he's seen of her family is they, they're just social climbers. They just want money for him to then suddenly, you know, have have this moment with somebody and gone, maybe she doesn't just want that, but the rest of her family does. You know, it's complicated. It's one of the reasons like Pride and Prejudice and most Jane Austen stuff, right, is, you know, captures people so much because she writes characters that are incredibly complicated and and this is that this whole scene just encapsulates all of that for both of them lizzie does not want to like him because he's mean and horrible and cold but she starts to like him and then he touches her and she's like oh wow like not only is this against social norms and he's done that when he shouldn't do but i've enjoyed it as such mm. and I don't know what to make of it because he's really complicated but also I don't want to have feelings because I'm like any normal human being complicated and all of this sort of stuff and it just in like a what is it like a, is it even 30 seconds that scene all of it's that is just it's just quick. like it comes out onto the onto the screen and I just think that's amazing yeah I agree I was so happy you chose this because I love this movie but also it's fun to be introduced to it's amazing with the internet because, you know, when I first got, when I had got my MFA, like, yes, the internet was happening, but it did not exist in this form. And I would watch a film and you'd have to find other people who happened to have seen it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and if it wasn't like out then, you know, it was tricky for me to be like, oh, you know, because I was obsessed with foreign cinema because I was a very like emo person and so I loved you I like watched all the Bergman films and so much French film and like brilliant and finding people to talk about that with it's not easy so Mm. I love that this I'm like you I'm not a gatekeeper at all I love it when people engage with media that I love because it's you want to share it with people like if if you love something how great is it when other people love it too I love it yeah and doesn't it and and this is one of the reasons I like this adaptation of Pride and Prejudice and why I tend to like film as a format as a media as a way to consume things anyway because when it's done well it can unlock these conversations it can unlock people having these emotions you know it can open up the world of Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice to people you know when Shakespeare's done incredibly well I was thinking you, that, exactly you get it thing. right mm-hmm. you yeah. get it Look, Kevin and I years and years ago went to the Globe and we saw a production of Macbeth which he had never seen before mm-hmm. in any form so he'd never seen it live or like sort of any films or anything 
and it was terrible it was really bad and he was like I don't get it I don't get what's going on it's bad really Shakespeare bad is it's painful. really boring it's right? really painful <laughs> yeah yes I mean and I love Macbeth it's possibly my Shakespeare. favorite Shakespeare play mm-hmm. and um and I went let's just leave it the interval you're not enjoying it and I, I've got no time for this for like hanging around for things that you don't enjoy I'm like yeah. like let's just go we're gonna go home and we'll put on the um the film had just come out with uh, Michael Fassbender oh yeah and we'll mm-hmm. and we'll put that on mm-hmm. and see if this interpretation of Macbeth works for you and we put it on and he and by then he was blown away he was like oh my god Macbeth's amazing mm-hmm. like what other versions of it can we see and and I love that it can unlock that you know like how many people have now gone to read Jane Austen or see other adap- other adaptations or even enjoy something that they think is like normally frivolous or I'm not interested in that like Bridgerton or things like that mm-hmm. you know all of these things have a place and it's so fantastic that it it opens it up to people and I just think that's really exciting that now how old is this film 15 years old a bit, maybe a yeah. bit longer when yeah. it come out two th- yeah yeah so maybe 18 mm-hmm. years old that people are still talking about it people are still engaging yes with it. yes and and I when you bring up Shakespeare and particular I so I think so oftentimes Shakespeare feels I don't know if it's the same in the UK but here it's definitely like well that's not for me like I'm not some kind yeah. of bookworm you know like yeah. whatever I am big pentameter blah. um so when I think it becomes accessible that is such a because because being an American most of Shakespeare I saw was terrible really? for a very long time oh yeah just awful like really bad and then um we studied it in school. I was a theater major. So we studied it and that, and then I spent um, some time at Oxford one summer and we, I went to London and saw tons of shows at the RSC and I was like, oh, this is what it is. This is it. It, it totally changed my relationship. And yeah. I think that like, I, that is an, that is so powerful when you change your relationship to something you think is not for you. Yeah. It's really, it's empowering because it, because it opened my eyes to like, oh, what else do I think is not for me? And who who told me it wasn't for me? Or and why am I giving them that choice? Like, why why do they make the choice for what is for yeah. me? So, yeah, I I think anything that makes people feel more included, I'm a fan of. So, um, thank you for picking this scene. I'm so, I'm so excited about. I can't believe I've managed to keep it short. About yeah. talking about, it. I could talk about this forever. I think. I need to do this Pride and Prejudice with you and Tony as well. We need to have like a whole why we all adore this film. I, I'm and game. I said to Kevin, <clears throat> sorry, I said to Kevin in the car, I said with like little cupped hands as if it was a secret going, I think it's better than the BBC adaptation with Colin Firth, <laughs> which is not a thing that you tend to say. Is that sacrilege? Yeah. Is that, is that Yeah. No people hold it very dear in their heart which is lovely but I it's it's that's not my pride and prejudice my pride and prejudice is the book and this you know and I, I remember going into cinema and seeing this and going am I gonna like this because I because I know I, I know Same. it's not the coolest thing to say but pride and prejudice is my favorite Jane Austen book I know, I know we're supposed to choose too, the other ones. and it's not a cool thing to say because <laughs> no. it's the most popular one yeah. it's so unoriginal but like yeah. I'm okay with being a normie. I've decided like that's okay. Um, it was the first one I read, and I didn't read it until I was eight, nineteen years old. Same here, actually. Same here. About the same sort of age. Yeah. Someone gave yeah. it to me, and I was like, "Oh, come on!" 
like yeah. I'm not gonna like this this is so ugh, like yeah romance and then I read it I was like oh my god oh my god it's pretty much my exact same experience and I was like what is this was what is and somebody do you like somebody told me to read it because Elizabeth is been one of my favorite names I think it's an absolutely beautiful name don't know why I just think it's just I do so too. beautiful it's so versatile too right yes and um and somebody and I can remember saying something to like a random chat probably like over wine or something we're talking about names or whatever and and she was like I mean obviously as well you, you like the name because of Lizzie Bennett and I was like oh because I knew who it was like, oh yeah pride and prejudice oh. she just goes around like dresses fall in love and my, and my <laughs> friend was like I'm sorry what did you just say and I was like, yeah, you know, Sappy went. She was like, oh my God, Ria. She was like, I cannot believe you have not read Pride and Prejudice. And I just consumed it like in a day. And I was like, this, I was just like, and then I was obviously obsessed with it and then read all of the other yeah. Jane Austen. I'd read Same. Jane Austen in the school, I think, but I can't remember what one, which says, oh, I think it might be Mansfield Park actually saying mm-hmm. that, uh, which hadn't, sorry, certain yeah, listeners that will keep- be here. I don't know. <laughs> which hadn't. <laughs> captured my attention but for context at school was specifically when I was at school it was all Dickens and war poets and then suddenly we got a bit of Jane Austen Mm -hmm. who if hadn't been intermingled with all of that I would have loved Mm -hmm. but because it was like oh god I've just had to slog through Bleak House Mm -hmm. and I have to hear another flipping bit of poetry about World War (laughs) Two. Oh, right, you know, and so it's we, just like, oh, we, right, I'll just get we read through boring it. American authors, but same jam. Hemingway, yeah. <laughs> Hawthorne. I was like, this is what is this? I'm yeah. supposed to like, and I love to read. Mm-hmm. Same here, like from when love I was it. really little, I used to read Shakespeare. So from sort of like a fairly young age, which I know makes me sound, I know horrendous. you're a prodigy. No, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> But it's because okay. it was available, okay it was that. on the shelves. That's it was right. on the shelves, and so that I was going to pick it up. I didn't understand most of it, but it was there, and it was available for me to read because my my parents loved books. Um, both my step parents and my my biological parents all like loved books, so there was always there, and they didn't hide anything. It was just there, and you could just pick it up and read it. So that's what I did. Like I read some definitely unsavory stuff for, from that age. Oh, yeah. she, so you would have thought that I would have been into it but just Jane Austen wasn't there so I never picked it up and then had it at school I was like oh god flipped through until somebody said hold on what are you up to go read this and then I lost my mind because it was amazing <laughs> same <laughs> um well that I don't think there's any better place no. to finish than that so Ria in case someone is listening to this and they don't know where to find you <laughs> where can they find you Come find me at Ria Carrigan on Instagram, less so on Twitter now. So probably Instagram's more there. Come and find Alice and I, as you know, at Fairmon, um, at Fairmon Collective. Come and listen to everything, all our amazing collaborators. And also a pop griller at Pop Grillers. Just look for Pop Griller, spelt like the, uh, not the animal mm-hmm. on your podcast thing. The alternate just... warfare. Thank you. Yes, I couldn't think of the right term. you think I would have perfected that now. I've been doing it for like two years. Um, and yeah, come and find me. Come and chat and come and listen to Femon Collective. Give us your ideas. Let's do it. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me, Ria. Of course, this was a joy.